right, welcome back everybody. So in this episode of the Astro Read, we are going to be continuing from our last viewer question. So in our last viewer question episode, we were analyzing uh, this woman's chart. We try to keep our viewers anonymous when we analyze. So we were analyzing this, uh, this woman's chart uh, because she had reached out asking if she would be a good fit with this love interest that she has. So with our last episode, we focused on analyzing the chart of this viewer and getting a sense from her chart as to what could be her tendencies in relationships. So I definitely recommend that you check out that episode of the Astro Read where we answer that viewer question. So this episode is going to be a part two. So with this episode, we're going to be analyzing her love interest chart and getting a sense based on now us having both of these charts, what could be the relationship, what could be the relationship possibilities for these two individuals? Are they a good match? Um, what are the positives in their union? And what could be the challenges they may face? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Um, so yeah, it was, I believe it was episode. Oh, no, we posted it. I'm trying to find it. I think Hold it was on. episode three. Yeah, it was episode three. So two. Yep. Yep. Your question episode three. So it was episode three. It was, you know, probably one of the first videos that we made really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but just coming back to her and like, we, we sort of um, concluded that, you know, she had to have some serious conversations with her family about whether or not she was to be in a, you know, relationship assigned to her through um, marriage arrangement or whether or not she wanted to do it herself. Um, I'm never one to tell you, like, this is what your astrology says, period, point blank, because I know that you have to work with the energies available. And there might be better times to have the conversation than others, which I definitely gave on the last podcast mm -hmm. episode so that you can, you know, you can go back and, and watch it so you can learn more about love and astrology and how it affects people and what timing, timing is really great for, um, you know, helping people with love and astrology. Um, but with this couple, um, I, I mean, it was great to get more information on her partner. Um, and I can definitely see why she's attracted to them. But I can also see that, you know, there will be some difficulties. So I'm really excited to get into that. And right from the top, we can see um, some matching things. You know, she's got a lot of water signs in her um, in her astrology that allow her to be attracted. Her um, moon in Pisces here matches his moon in Pisces. Um, then we have Ascendant Cancer, which also matches her moon in Pisces. So they have a lot of water connection. But she is, like you said, you said she was more fire and air, right? Yeah, I would say, yeah, if I look at all her planets, she definitely has a lot of air influence and, and fire. I would say on a quick look, that would be her strongest elements. And then I would say her weakest element would probably be earth. So she might be like this idea person, this person that's kind of feisty, goes after what she wants, but she may not have as much of the earth qualities in her personality. She may not be as uh, structured in how she approaches things. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of the indicators of relationship in her chart are in earth signs. And mm -hmm. so she might be this personality that seems 
sort of feisty and flighty and independent. But at the end of the day, based on her natal chart, she is really looking for a stable relationship. I could tell that that's something that's really important to her and the type of relationship that she would go for as opposed to say a relationship that's more unconventional or flighty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What I would say with both of them having um, their moon and Pisces, I mean, I would always just hesitate to say that it's better to be uh, clear about your intentions when that is there, just because moon and Pisces can be a little bit more about illusion, about, you know, maybe what you think might be happening or yeah. what isn't happening. Um, and uh, you might get confused. You might not necessarily be on the same page as your lover. Um, he might even think that it's a friendship as opposed to being an actual relationship. So you wanna be clear about both of your intentions um, and, and what, what it is that you wanna accomplish with this relationship. Um, and then I can see he's got uh, Chiron in the second house in uh, Leo and she's got her North node there. So if we look right here, so she's, but her North node is in the ninth house. So North node being in the ninth house um, it's more about exploring, learning. Um, what you're here to do in this lifetime is to experience new things, new cultural experiences, um, new forms of study, um, and uh, expand yourself on a more um, like psychological, uh, learned level as opposed to you know uh, individually. You're you're trying to collect information throughout cultures, throughout experiences, so that you live a full life. Um, and of course, that being in Leo, that's where, you know, you really shine. It's where you really are experiencing more of your life. Whereas he's got the wounded healer there. He's got Chiron in the second house. So maybe themes around money and around uh, how he attracts money into his life might be something that he's constantly looking to create more of or to fix within his life. So having more stability is something that really drives him, especially seeing that, um, you know, he's got, what else does he have? A lot of earth signs. Uh, yeah. Um, Neptune and Uranus in the seventh house in Capricorn. So he's really focused on creating stability in his life um, beyond the illusion of Neptune. So, you know, whether he struggles with it or not, um, he gets a lot of unexpected sort of results, maybe positive, maybe negative, but stability and creating stability might be very important to his romantic life. Um, I, I think yeah, we, we spoke about that before. Um, and then, of course, she doesn't really have planets in Capricorn, but Capricorn being ruled by Saturn is in her sixth house um, and it's in Taurus. So that's good. That's a stable sign as well. It's an Earth sign, um, something that he might actually be attracted to um, in terms of her ability to really be more grounded when it comes to how she reacts to things what she's um, experiencing in this lifetime, um, which might not be something that is immediately seen, but he can sort of see that she's, you know, more intelligent, of higher intelligence, someone who's very um, focused on, um, you know, exploring her, her experiences on this planet. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, number one, like I said in the last video is 
all of her planets in her first house. I mean, she's got Chiron, she's got Mercury, she's got Pluto, she's got the sun there. Everything, you know, really emphasizing on herself, on her development as a person, um, which might make creating relationships more difficult. Um, do you want to go more into that? In regards to her first house? Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, based on her chart, um, this viewer it definitely wants a relationship um, with Juno, the asteroid that represents long-term relationships in her first house. It's probably a big part of her identity, you know, feeling like a big part of her life should, should involve being in a relationship but she is very individualistic. She has a lot of planets in the first house. She, um, I think she might be that type of person that is, finds it hard to relate to other people. Um, but at the same time, she is drawn very much to having a relationship. So I think that's where the struggle would be. And her elements, it's very strong in air and fire. And those tend to be more individualistic type of elements. You know, she, I get the sense from her chart, that this viewer is probably very feisty, very opinionated, you know, very much more about logic than the feeling, but that does get balanced out with the fact that her moon is in a water sign um, and in a very, um, you know, emotional, compassionate sign that Pisces is in. So I think the challenge that she may encounter in her life is that she's very individualistic, very opinionated, uh, but at the same time, very much wants a relationship. What I also find interesting is the Juno placements of these two individuals. So the viewer has her Juno in Capricorn, which means that as far as a long-term relationship, she ideally would want somebody that's very stable, that could provide a secure relationship that might even be traditional in some ways. And, uh, her love interest, uh, it has, um, has Juno and Gemini. And when I think of that, I think not a good match just because Juno and Gemini, it's sort of kind of the opposite. Like, you know, with Juno being in Gemini, the love interest probably wants somebody that he could have intellectual conversations with. That's probably going to be very key. Like somebody that he could have a good banter with, but mm -hmm. Gemini is also kind of a fickle sign. Like they're, because they're all about getting Gemini is a sign about getting different opinions, different information, variety. So with Juno being in Gemini, you would think that this love interest wouldn't be interested in a secure relationship. He might be more of a fickle type of person in relationships. However, um, I think the saving grace with that is that the love interest has Capricorn on the cusp of his seventh house. So that means regardless of the variety that this person would want in, in a romantic or long-term relationship, he also definitely wants somebody that can provide a secure relationship that might have a little bit of a tradition to them. And that fits very well with the viewer having her Juno and Capricorn. On the flip side, the viewer has Gemini on the cusp of her seventh house. So she also for a relationship needs somebody that can provide intellectual banter and stimulation. And even though she probably wants a secure relationship, she probably would also be drawn to having a bit of variety in her relationship. However, that may look like to her, whether it's somebody that uh, she could really like explore ideas with somebody that's open to new ideas and how to make the relationship better, whatever the case may be. And I think her love interest could provide 
hide that because his Juno is in Gemini. So I think that's really interesting how the, the cusp of the seventh house, also known as the descendant, uh, matches with their Juno placements for each other. It's kind of like completing like two puzzle pieces together. So that could be something that could provide a good influence in, in these two people being a potential match if they decide to move forward in having a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, what like his son in, it looks like Virgo, and Jupiter and Mercury are all in Virgo. Um, and I'm just looking at it and it, I think it's Mercury is opposing her moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Mercury opposing her moon. So sort of like communication styles are sort of opposing. And even the sun, you can even say the mm-hmm. sun is opposing the moon. Communication styles are sort of opposing each other. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have at least opposites um, in a chart at least. So that you're able to see some more compatibility between each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also see that her Saturn and his Saturn are square. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that could also come with a few challenges um, when it comes to what they're here to learn in this lifetime. Um, You know, she's here with the Taurus, Saturn and Taurus. He's here with the Saturn and Aquarius and, you know, Earth, air. I'm not really sure if they're really compatible in terms of, um, what what those signs mean or what those placements are. Um, but I'm definitely saying that they are going to have a little bit of a hard time in terms of what their life experiences and challenges are going to bring up mm-hmm. together. Um, and then what else? Um, she's got Jupiter in the fifth house. So she probably has a lot of luck when it comes to um, her relationships and connecting with other people romantically. Um, but you know, it's also could be too much. Um, I find a lot of times when, um, Jupiter is in the fifth house, it does bring good luck, but Jupiter still expands everything. So -hmm. she might have too many things going on. Um, maybe with other relationships or with the people that she's with right now, it's just too much. And she's trying to sort of maybe reel it in and, and focus on one person, but her having everything in Sagittarius, people might not necessarily think that she's serious in terms of her relationships. And I find that a lot of people with um, Sagittarius rising, especially have that struggle. Um, am I being taken seriously? Are we in a serious relationship? Will we move forward together? Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's to hoping because, you know, if she's at the stage where she's asking whether or not she's going to get married, you know, maybe there is something serious going on in the background, but she should definitely, you know, clarify with this person if they have the same intentions, because you never want to be caught up in a time because the way I see the chart for, the, for him is he sort of thinks it's a friendship as opposed mm-hmm. to an actual, you know, romantic partnership, which it could be. And, you know, if, if he was to take it seriously, um, they could have, you know, a good relationship long lasting, I'm not sure, but definitely a good relationship mm-hmm. based off of the friendship that he feels for her. Um, again, cause you know, he, he's got, um, where's his 11th house. Yeah. He's got Saturn in the 11th house, you know, bringing, sorry. Um, he's got Taurus in the 11th, 11th house in Taurus bringing that, um, mm-hmm. question of, you know, who, who are his friends who are not his friends, mm-hmm. Um, bringing some stability to uh, his friendships as well. 
Um, so yeah, what, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, a, a way that I look at potential compatibility as well as just looking at the inner planets in Juno, the asteroid of, of marriage and long-term relationships. So when I look at their sun signs, which, you know, I think a lot of people look at as far as compatibility, you know, a lot of people out there that are into astrology, but may not be as, as knowledgeable about it. They'll look at their sun sign, the other person's sun sign, and think that tells the whole story. Um, but there's more to it. And that's why synastry charts exist and looking at the different planet matchups exist. I would say from a broad view, looking at the inner planets, um, the viewer uh, is a Sagittarius, you know, as her sun sign, it's in her first house. Her love interest is a Virgo. I'm not so sure about a Virgo Sagittarius matchup. It's definitely like not the most optimal, but I also don't think it's a bad one either. Um, because, uh, I think, I think a, a sense of the personality that I get from the viewers, I get the sense that she's probably very much tell it like it is like, she probably doesn't sugarcoat things that much. I get that sense from the strong, uh, the strong fire presence that she has. Mercury and, in the first house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, I think, yep. Yeah, so it could, depending on the house system, Mercury's either in the first or 12th house, either way. Yeah, and then Mercury's in Sagittarius. So not only is her personality, you know, has Sagittarius-like components, but how she communicates as well is Sagittarius-like. She So she's probably very much blunt, Tell it tells it how it is. And I think out of the signs out there, Virgos can probably deal with that better than most. So the love interest, his sun sign is Virgo and Virgos, they're not as, they can be kind of blunt too. I mean, I'm part Virgo. I'm on the cusp of Virgo Libra, so I can relate. Um, I think Virgos, they're very critical people. So they are always looking to see how things can be improved. They're opinionated in that way. So I think a Virgo can probably put up with the bluntness of a Sagittarius as compared to like, like, for example, I wouldn't think that a Pisces-Sag combo would be the greatest because Pisces can be very sensitive and may not be able to handle a Sag telling it like it is. But I think a Virgo can put up with it and probably use that feedback to even make things better. So I think from a sun um, sign and Mercury sign component, I think they're an okay, pretty good match because the sun and Mercury of the viewers in Sagittarius, the sun and Mercury of the love interest is in Virgo. So I think that's a good match there. The two individuals, they have their moon in Pisces. So I think they would be able to be a good match in whatever emotional needs they might be able to give each other. But mm -hmm. Stella, you brought up a good point that with moon and Pisces, you know, there could be disillusions or illusions when it comes to the emotions that are coming into play. So that's something they may need to watch out for. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to sexual attraction and, uh, and drive in the relationship, I think they're a pretty good match there too. So the viewers, Mars is an Aquarius. So that could mean that when it comes to her sexuality, her desire, she could be very open-minded, um, and exploratory in that sense. And then the love interest Mars is in Gemini. So their Mars signs are both an air sign. So I think that's a good match. And, mm -hmm. and Gemini is also very exploratory, likes to try different things. So I think sexually they could be a good match as well. And then, like I mentioned before, their Junos match up with their descendants. So the viewers Juno is in Capricorn and her descendant is in Gemini and the love interests Juno is in Gemini and his descendant is in Capricorn. So looking at it through a broad scope, 
I think they could be a pretty good match. The question would be, you know, some of the things you've brought up, Stella, of how their aspects match up and that determining how do they view each other and what potential challenges they might encounter and also do their life paths align? Because that's also something that could impact a lot. Like two people, personality and chemistry wise can be really good fits. But if their life, if the life paths of the two individuals don't align enough that could end up being a determining factor in whether the relationship would work out long term or in general or not yeah yeah I mean you know and it's it's great that his ascendant is in a water sign and her moon is in a water sign um her venus is also in a water sign so we have some synergy going on there but on a broader spectrum I mean like I I agree a Virgo can take a lot of the, um, you know, setbacks and like conversational hits that that a Sagittarius rising can give. But at the same time, he still has that moon in Pisces making him very sensitive. And like, maybe she can be a little more abrasive than he's Mm -hmm. used, you know. Um, And I also have a question about how traditional he is. Would he want to be, because the the ultimate question was arranged or not arranged. Mm -hmm want to be in an arranged marriage you know what i'm saying seeing that his seventh house is in capricorn um and it i always come back to the same question these this synergy is going to come down to the conversations mercury in the first house that our viewer has um you need to have serious conversations with the person that you're interested in to see if it's more than a friendship because you know the, again he's got the planet of illusion neptune in his seventh house and it might make him less um, likely to to show affection because it's in Capricorn and also mm-hmm. to understand if it's actual real or not, you know, and, and cancers tend to attract a lot of people that are watery in nature, mm-hmm. <laughs> cancer risings that are watery in nature, that are wayward, you know, am I, am I not because of the way that they are, you know, um, so, so you want to see what, where his head is about your relationship. And then of course you go back to your family. Um, are they willing to arrange a marriage between you and this person? Because that is also an option. I mean, this, this chart, you have the gift of gab mercury in the first house. You have the ability to really, and in Sagittarius to make a case for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Ninth house, um, the philosopher, um, sorry, Sagittarius, the philosopher, you know, a lot of, um, experience in terms of communicating, you know, your beliefs and what you believe in, you have a lot of power in that. And, you know, you could bring healing to yourself and to others by changing the dynamics of how relationships are viewed within your family. Mm -hmm. So again, having those conversations is so, so important with both your partner or the person you're interested in and your family. Um, I can't determine if there's going to be success unless you take the steps to make it happen. I can only tell you as an astrologer, yes, you're compatible. You have many challenges because there's not a lot of earth in your, in your astrology. Um, so there's not a lot of stability and and groundedness in the way you approach it, Mm -hmm. but are you taking advantage of the fact that you have the ability to convince people of a lot of things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you taking advantage? Yes, you're abrasive, but you're also convincing. You're also forward thinking. You're also, you also shine because the sun is in that same house whenever you are 
um, you know, putting yourself first and making sure that you're communicating clearly. Um, you know, we, we can keep going about each and every single aspect that is appropriate for you guys, but you as the viewer must take advantage of your ability to talk and to speak up for yourself to get what you want. Um, in this lifetime, seeing that um, your uh, that the viewers north node is in the ninth house again, um, you're here to explore. You're here to have a new experience in your philosophy and maybe even change what your main philosophy is as a person. You know, maybe from arranged marriage to uh, more you know love oriented love marriage. Who knows? Whatever you are willing to take a leap on is what you will be able to um, have. Mm -hmm. So, and the fact that you're even asking is great because that means you're actually exploring, um, you know, a new way of thought. Yeah, for sure. And I think one, one thing I forgot to point out as well with the inner planets is that the viewers Venus is in Scorpio. So that means like, she, the viewer probably can get jealous very easily, probably can be kind of possessive in love situations. And the love interest Venus is in Libra, which is more like flirty and like laid back when it comes to love. So that could be a potential challenge where uh, the viewer might get jealous of how the love interest approaches certain social interactions. However, the love interest could potentially get jealous too, uh, because he has Scorpio on the fifth house. So that means he is capable of loving just as deeply as a Venus and Scorpio person and might have some of the per same personality quirks of getting jealous at certain times. So I think they might be able to understand each other on that viewpoint. But I think, you know, what you've mentioned, Stella, is really important. I think with these two individuals, communication is key. I think, you know, whatever type of communication they have that's upfront and where they both get to know from each other, what is it that they're looking for? What are the challenges that they may have in their relationship? How would they face those challenges? Having that straightforward communication and that open line of communication is going to be so important for them. And I also like what you mentioned, Stella, of how this is answering the question of whether she'll have um, an arranged or a love marriage as they, as they call it, uh, will really determine how this relationship pans out. And it could be either or answer. And it's really up to this viewer to figure it out with uh, her family as to what option she'll choose. And it seems like, you know, she might end up doing something that's different than what she expected. You know, if she expected to do an arranged marriage, she might end up doing a love marriage because like you mentioned her North node, it's all about uh, her sole purpose being, you know, tr trying to figure out what is her truth? Like, what is her philosophy on life? How is she supposed to live her life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So I love coming back to this because, you know, in synastry and in, in matching people astrologically, we want to look at sun, moon rising, but there are so many other questions what is this person here in the north with their north node here to learn? Yeah. What are the challenges that they're going to have in this lifetime with their natal Saturn placement? How can the partner help them overcome what they're experiencing or hurt them in mm -hmm. overcoming what they're experiencing? And then what illusions around love mm -hmm. do each partner have? You know what I mean? Whether it's his Neptune in the seventh house, um, she has Neptune in the third house that, that might cloud her own mind and her own thoughts. She might be a little bit more 
um, illusionatory when it comes to what she is thinking and trying to accomplish, you know, um, and in terms of what she really um, believes individually in her mind. Um, so yeah, like taking advantage of all of the aspects that are also available, like the moon opposing um, Mer his Mercury, like her moon opposing his Mercury. Um, it, again, like I said, it might bring a lot of conflict and conversation. Mm -hmm. um, she also has her Mercury squaring his moon. So again, mm -hmm. another hard aspect in their communication styles, that might be something that they might want to work on in their marriage. And it might be something challenging throughout their partnership. Um, but like I said, that's why having this conversation, 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 it all goes back to the conversation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I, yeah, it seems like our, our gist or our, um, answer for all of this is th these two individuals do have the possibility of being, you know, pretty well matched, pretty compatible, but at the end of the day, the conversations they have and how, um, trans, I wouldn't say transparent, but the conversations they have and, and how they communicate with each other is really going to tell a lot, mm -hmm. um, of how successful this potential union could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm all right. Sounds good. So yeah, that was, that was that for this viewer question. I'm hoping this helps the viewer and also helps all of you uh, listening and watching to see some tips that you can take into account for your own questions in regards to relationships and knowing more about what synastry charts can answer and also what things to look at in your chart, whether it's your Juno, your descendant, your inner planets, your North node, and how those things play a role in determining what your relationship tendencies are and also what you're ideally looking in a romantic ro relationship. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, if you guys have any questions, please feel free. If you're mm -hmm. watching this on YouTube and put your questions in the comments or send it to us directly on Instagram. I'm at Bella star astrology. And I'm at, at astronautic underscore, uh, and our information is in the description. So you can also look there as well. If you have a viewer question that you would want us to consider answering in a future episode of the Astro read, feel free to look below in the description and go to the link for submitting a viewer question. Um, and who knows, we may be answering it in a future episode of the Astro read. And we try to keep the identity of, well, we definitely keep the identity of the person secret. So there's no fear of us releasing your identity and uh, you just have to give your birth details, date of birth, time of birth, location of birth. And that's all we use to generate your chart and, and get the insights that we need to answer your question. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe and we look forward to the next episode. Yep. Sounds good. Until then, take care and we'll see you in the next episode of the Astro Read. Yeah. See ya.